Ephesians chapter 5. Go to verse 15. Kapu. That's Hawaiian. Anyway, never mind. Here we go. Ephesians 5, verse 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing, make music in your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do. Come on, just lift your voice. We thank you for what you're going to do in our lives tonight. Move in power, oh God, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. We'll look at a number of different verses of Scripture in the book of Ephesians, but I want to preach a message entitled, Staying on Fire, And we do have notes for you so you can go ahead and fill those in and preach it to your next door neighbor uh, over the next week. Or remind yourself, you know, one of the people here in the church have been collecting the notes ever since they got here. Been here for, uh, well, I don't know, going on two years. They have this massive stack. And I'm going to tell you, it is great. You can just flip through, pick a Bible study, and work it. So we give you notes on purpose. So go ahead, fill those things in, and uh, let's go ahead and break into the Word of God. How to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. You said, I I thought you were talking about how to stay on fire. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives you the fire to stay on. So really, really, you could say how to stay filled with the Holy Spirit or how to stay anointed. You could lose your anointing. How to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. What do you mean? Well, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everybody and all who are far off, all who call on His name. Well, what about us? We've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Sure, but you leak. Everybody say, I leak. Yeah, you leak. We leak. We uh, have this treasure in earthen vessels. Any cracked pots out there besides myself? All right. So we all leak. Jesus had the Spirit without measure, but you don't. You have the Spirit with measure. How do we stay filled with the Holy Spirit? How do we stay on fire? We go through pressures and challenges and we at times can allow these things to to hinder us or to dampen the fire that we have. Especially when we don't have a right perspective on things. Think about King Saul. The story of King Saul in the Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 14 says this. Now the Spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul. Oh! And an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul was the first king over Israel, and he was anointed. I mean, he did great things. He did some messed up stuff. Talked to the dead. Consulted a witch, basically. But he also did tremendous things. He amassed a standing army. I mean, God God used him powerfully, but he lost the fire. I don't ever want to lose the fire. Ever. Never. I have, for seasons, lost fire. I don't like it. It's no good. It doesn't work real good. Things seem to crash and burn. You're not made to be lukewarm. You're not made to live in apathy. You are not created by God to just be a bump on the log and pray that you'd be delivered one day and brought up into heaven. He has left you here to be His ambassador. Now I'm going to tell you, if you're not filled with the Spirit and on fire, it's truly hard to be a, a real Ambassador for Christ. But Saul lost lost the fire in the Old Testament. God rejected him because he yielded to the opinions of people, the pressure of man. He lost the anointing. He lost the fire. And he became demonized. You'll see in the New Testament, I don't want you to turn here. I will tell you, one of the things I am sensing from the Holy Spirit increasingly is that the time of Him winking at your sin is over. And it is time to get on fire for God. It really is. There was this guy, Hymenaeus. I don't suggest you name your child Hymenaeus. 1 Timothy 1. Look at 1 Timothy now. 
1 Timothy 1 and verse 20, the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, his son, among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander. He names them. He tells you who their names are. Whom I've handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. Wow. So Satan's a part of the ministry. Did you know that? He's a tool. God allows him to function and he has purpose. I don't know if you've ever been ministered to by Satan. Not real fun. Not fun at all. I've had some close ministry with him. It was very painful. Very painful, but you know, it really drove me to God in a hurry. Oh man. Come on, somebody say, oh man. And you know, we, we, we don't go out and tell you names of people that are in sin and having difficulties. But I will say this. If there ever comes somebody who is a false teacher that begins to have an impact in our community, you better believe you. I'm going to tell you his name. I will do it. Why? The Apostle Paul did it. And we'll just, you know, so that you can watch out. There are people come. The people that come, they're deceived. Hymenaeus and Alexander, they were believers. But they, they turned. Look at Second Timothy now. Second Timothy 2. Because if you hang out with Jaime, you're going to lose the fire. Everybody say, don't hang out with Jaime. All right, now if your name's Jaime, I'm so sorry. The point is, if you hang out with somebody who is like a Hymenaeus or an Alexander, you're going to be in trouble. Because these guys were deceived. Look at this. Paul mentions he was deceived. And he was deceiving others. 2 Timothy 2. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Ah, yuck. Gangrene. How's that for a visual? Gang what? Go look it up on the internet. Google gangrene. Brace yourself. It's rotting flesh. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus who've wandered away from the truth. Now that's fascinating because that means that they were in the truth. But now they've wandered away from the truth. Listen, beloved, you can wander away from the truth. You can lose the fire. I might preach tonight. I might. I'm going to teach you for a little bit. They wandered away from the truth. They say the resurrection has already taken place. And they destroy the faith of some. In fact, Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, and you can look at now at Ephesians 4, verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, to whom you were sealed with the day of redemption. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a person. Now, I looked up grieve on my smartphone that's sometimes stupid. To grieve, to cause to suffer. You can cause the Holy Spirit to suffer. Or to feel or to show grief over. You can cause the Holy Spirit to suffer, to feel pain. You can cause God to feel pain. Did you know that? Now, I'm not talking about the the crucifixion. Of course, He felt pain then, yes. I'm talking now. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, given that, if we're going to stay filled, if we're going to stay anointed, if we're going to stay on fire, if we're going to stay on fire... We've got to learn how to not grieve the Holy Spirit. We've got to learn how to stay filled. And in, the, in this text, I see five things by which we can use really as a checklist of how to stay filled with the Holy Spirit, how to stay on fire, how to stay anointed. Five things I see. The first thing is, be careful how you live. Write it in your notes. Be careful how you live. We have a tendency to put emphasis on, on worldly things. Be concerned about our clothes. To be so concerned about our cars that we drive and what we look like. Some people will determine who you are by what you drive. There are people in the world that will determine whether you're successful by the clothes that you wear. I have a Louis Vuitton wallet. How many of you know what Louis Vuitton is? It's a nice wallet. And it's not one of the fake ones. It's a real Louis. All right, some of you have no idea what a Louis Vuitton is. And frankly, I I wouldn't have either if I didn't grow up in Manhattan for a period of time and have a mother that worked for Chanel and all that. I didn't. 
I would know. But I was raised kind of knowing some of that. Not, not, not Chanel. So I just was kind of around some of that stuff. So when somebody gave me a Louis Vuitton wallet, I said, wow, nice. They said, we knew you'd like it. I said, oh, bless you. They gave it to me as a gift six or seven years ago. I've pulled that out on occasion and had people look, you know, you're at Macy's or whatever, and they look, oh, Louis, he must be loaded. Because, I mean, it's a, it's a $300 wallet or whatever. I wouldn't pay 300 bucks for a piece of leather, no way. Unless, of course, if it was a saddle or something for my gun or something. But there's people that, people that view where you are by the, by the stuff that you have. And sometimes we get so attached to having stuff, the right stuff, and we lose, really, what's important. It can cause us to get off track. You need to be careful of how you live. Be careful. Live in light of what God says. Live in light of eternity. You know, we did a series a while back on eternity by that cool guy and his wife. I forget his name. John Bevere. He's pretty cool. Anyway. You know, but the essence of that is focus on eternity. And when things are in your life that begin to upset you, ask yourself this question. How, how, how does this weigh in? On, on the things of eternity, what really matters. And I'm going to tell you, most things don't. Most things don't weigh in at all. Yet we get all bent out of shape about our new car that got a scratch on it or something. We need to be careful how we live. Steps on how to stay on fire. How to stay on fire. Steps on how to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. The first one is be careful how you live. And when you read Ephesians chapter 4, it tells us. I'm going to look at Ephesians 4 now. It tells us how we should live. Well, how should I live, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Look at Ephesians 4.11. It was Him who gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some to be pastors, teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service. Now, I'm, my wife and I, my team, we're not here to do all the work. We're here to get you to work. Okay, great. To prepare God's people for works of service or to equip them. So that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Everybody say mature. A mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. What's amazing to me is it actually says that. It actually says that if we do this thing rightly and walk and allow us to, allow us to walk in step with the Spirit, get instruction, get training, yield, pray... That we'll actually become mature and really attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's pretty awesome. I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome. God wants you to grow up. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, grow up. I don't care how old you are, you need to continue to grow up. Maturity comes really as you, as you live life. And you do ministry, and ministry could be going to work, okay? I'm not talking just about leading a Bible study or leading worship or being in prayer. Those things you should just be a part of your life. But as you do that, look, don't, don't just segment God. Put God, well, we're in church, so I'm a Shandai Shuba with a Bam Bam because I'm in service tonight. And then go home and be double-minded and say, well, that's my church face, and then go home and, and look at stuff on the Internet that you shouldn't and, and do things that you shouldn't do. Don't do that. Everybody say, don't do it. And if you do, repent. There's another, look, there's another way. There's a, there's a life and life abundant that God has for you. He wants us to be mature. I will tell you, for me, I'm, I'm not sure I'm so mature. <laughs> I know I'm mature, more mature than I was when I first got saved. I'm pretty confident of that. I will tell you how it happened for my wife and I. I plugged into everything that had a plug. If it had something to plug into, I plugged into it. Now, for me, the lifestyle, my, my wife and I, the lifestyle that we came out of, we really didn't have 
functioning lives. We had to learn how, everything from how to balance a checkbook to how to how to love somebody, how to die to yourself. We had to, I had to learn how to put on deodorant, ladies and gentlemen. I had to learn how to brush my teeth. I had gingivitis on top of gingivitis. I had issues, man. I had issues when I came into the church. I didn't know zip. Personal hygiene. Finance. Do you know that you can learn how to live in this place? Did you know that we've got child raising classes? Finance classes. They don't always go off at the same time. But we, you, know, you need to be mature. You've got to commit yourself to mature. Everybody say, I'm going to commit myself to grow up. I'm going to commit myself to grow up. The second thing on how to live and stay filled with the Holy Spirit and stay on fire, you find in Ephesians 4, 20 through 24. It says, You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of Him and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to their former way of life. Put off your old self, which is being corrupted and is deceitful of desires, and be made new in the attitude of your minds, and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Put off your old self. Put on the new self in the blanks. Put off your old self. Put on your new self. I used to wake up in the morning before I rolled out of bed and I would say this. You're my Lord. You're my King. You're my God. You're my everything. I put on my new man today. I'm going to walk in newness of life. And then I'd roll out of bed. I said the same thing every morning for years. I should probably restart that. Some of you are constantly shocking Frankenstein back. It's like the bride of Frankenstein, not the bride of Christ. If Frankenstein's dead, and you're nah, you bring him to life with your evil desires. Oh, oh, oh. Let, let the dead guy stay dead. Okay. How insane would it be for you to go and dig up your great-grandmother to play with her? She's dead. Beyond rigor mortis. There, she's not there. Praise, praise the Lord. If she, if she knew Jesus... My wife's shaking her head now. No, that's crazy. right? We, we, would, we would call somebody in for digging up and playing with a dead body, right? Oh, yeah. But you and I... Well, I try not to do it. I hope you don't do it. Don't play with your dead self. Don't go digging up the old guy. He stinketh. Well, hallelujah. There's a civil war going on on the inside of you, and you have got to reckon your dead. The old guy, you must command him to stay underneath the boot. You've got to reckon yourself dead. That's not like, well, I reckon, uh, no, that, that, that's declare, proclaim. You are dead. I will tell you, there's times where I have to just say that over myself. You know, a real on fire believer will talk to themselves. Oh, you, they were told you that was crazy, but it's not. The psalmist did it. And I've had times where I'd just be like, ugh. I bind you in Jesus' name. Uh, I bind you, I flesh, in Jesus' name. I'm a man of... Uh, down, boy. Down. Uh, and I just try to come out of that. It's a civil war. And it's not going to be over until you get to heaven, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to have to deal with your stinking self all your life. That which God created in you through redemption of Jesus Christ. That which you, and that which you have inherited by the fall. There's two natures. You have to put the old man down. Say it. Put the old man down. Say it again. Put the old man down. Stop resurrecting. Stop peeling yourself off the cross. If you're going to stay on fire, you have to understand when the flesh starts to come to play. Tell them, homie, don't live here anymore. 
Our goal is to put to death the sin nature and live from your new nature. Live alive. The Spirit of God. Ah, awesome. The flesh counts for nothing, the Word of God says, but the Spirit gives life. Choose. What do you want? Death or life? You want life. You've got to choose it every single day. Every day. Paul goes on and lists some things there, Ephesians 4. Verse 29, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful, building others up according to their needs, and it may benefit those who listen. I mean, he basically makes a list. Don't lie. Don't sin in your anger. Don't steal. Don't speak trash talk. Verse 29, get rid of all evil. Be kind and forgiving, Ephesians 4.25. Put off the old self. Everybody say, put off the old self. Put off the old self. Put on the new. Number three, imitate God by living a life of love. Everybody say, living a life of love. Ephesians 5, 1 through 3. Let's read that. Turn to Ephesians 5. Quick, hurry up and somebody give me your Bible because I I need it. There we go. Thank you, dear. Ephesians 5. Therefore, be imitators of God as as dear children and walk in love. As Christ also loved us and has given himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or... We need, to, we need to imitate God by living a life of love. And love is, you know, love is not, love defined by this culture is not love. It's, it usually means lust. And the Apostle Paul writing here, their culture was just confused like ours. You know, a young man says to his girlfriend, I love you. Really what he means is I lust you. All right, look at the next the next point. Do not be deceived by do not be deceived. God's wrath will come upon people as a result of their sin. If you sin, then God's judgment will be upon you. Why? Because he loves you. Listen, you need to have a different view of what judgment is. Judgment is not something that, you know, some angry preacher yelled over you, Y'all, go to hell! Hell is not for you. Hell is for the devil and his minions. He's made a way for us to come out and to be redeemed, and to be washed, to be cleansed, to put off the old man, to put on the new, to be new creatures in Christ Jesus. David said, I long for your judgments. The psalmist David said, I long for your judgments. Now, in my early walk with the Lord, I thought, that's the stupidest thing I've ever read because I don't want any of that. And now I've learned, actually, that if there's something that needs to be judged in my life, I want Him to bring it. You know why? Because I don't want that to hinder me from the fullness of what God has for me. So you've got to look at judgment differently, ladies and gentlemen. You have to look at it as an expression of His great love for you. That He's so crazy about you and the destiny and the purpose that you have that when judgment comes into your life to deal with something that you have or something that you've done, you ought to just say, praise the Lord, that you don't have to deal with that on Judgment Day. And ask Him to have His full sway in you. Sometimes we just, you know, we're just trying to do it our way. Blessed, a man of God said this, blessed is the obstacle that comes 
in front of the way of a man who's on his way to destruction. You know, God will bring judgment on stuff. Judgment comes to the house of the Lord. And I, will, I will just want to warn you. May I warn you for a second? We are going in deep. We're going after God. And I'm going to tell you, whatever degree of anointing and presence is here, it's going to do nothing but increase and increase and increase. Okay? Uh, we're going to pay the price by the grace of God. We're asking for that grace. We're asking for a grace to press in. I believe God wants to bring us to places that we have never seen or even imagined. Now, I'm going to tell you, when that happens, sin cannot go there. And so, we, so we, the level of walk that you have, you might be getting away with some stuff right now. You want to go deeper with God, you're going to have to turn loose of that stuff and repent and go higher. And when, when that comes on a body, and I'm going to tell you, that's what's coming upon me. It's on my house already. We, you know, I enjoy movies. How many of you enjoy movies? And, and, and we enjoy entertainment. How many of you like being entertained? The rest of you like lying or something. No, I don't like any entertainment at all. No, I don't like entertainment at all. I think, you know, when we're in entertainment culture, But the Lord is calling us to push ourselves away from entertainment that's acceptable. I'm not talking about watching some, some horror flick. I'm not talking about watching porn. That's long, long gone. That, none of that stuff's in my life. For, for 20 years, gone. Okay? I'm talking about what is acceptable entertainment. The Lord is pushing us, asking us to set that aside so instead of just watching something that would entertain us, even though it would be good, He's saying, would you press in? Would you meditate on My Word? Would you spend time with Me instead because I want to bring you up to another place? And so your flesh would be like, but I want some entertainment. I want to eat some ice cream and watch Luther. Or Gone with the Wind or something. Oh, don't be deceived. God's wrath will come upon people as a result of their sin. If you do something wrong, don't give them. You know, don't. If you do something wrong, just repent and 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 make yourself accountable. If you've got issues of darkness in your life, tell on yourself. Rat yourself out. I'll tell you what Doctor Morocco said to me years ago. I had I would come to the front of the altar when I was just newly saved and the years after and the truth is I guess I'm still the same way. If I feel like I've gotten weird, you know what I'm talking about? You get a little strange in the head, start getting a little bit too angry, something's gone a little off, you can't quite put your finger on it, you know? I'm telling. I tell. So I just rat myself out at every opportunity I can. If I need to tell, I'm telling. He's, he's my pastor. He's my spiritual father. I, my wife, if I, if I get strange or I feel like, man, I just don't feel right about something, this is going on, or if I find myself getting a little bit more frustrated with the children than usual, it's an indication that something's going on. My wife will call me on it, and I'll repent, and I'll just ask God, what's going on? I'll seek and let the Lord show me. You know, this is, this is going on. You know, something happened for me for Father's Day. It's happened to almost every year. Now, Father's Day is coming. Now, this is the difference about this year that I haven't caught all the other years that I've been a father. Father's Day, I don't like it. I will tell you why I don't like Father's Day. I'm a, I'm, I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy being honored, and we're going to honor the fathers this Sunday. It's going to be great. All you dads come. We're going to give you cookies and make you a nice time. It's going to be wonderful. Or something. We're going to give you something. I don't know what it is. It might be cookies or something. I don't know what it is. It's going to be great. I realize just in recent years the reason I don't like it is because it reminds me of the fact that I've got two kids that I don't have in my life. Look, some of you know my testimony. It reminds me of the pain of the fact that I've got two daughters that are 20 and 21 and they've been snatched from me. And so I, this, this pain comes. And I, I've asked the Lord to heal me of that. Do you know what He said to me? Oh, I'm sorry, son. You'll have to hold on to that till it's finished. 
And that's the pain I have for my children who are apart from me. So just pray and love them. And it'll turn. So Father's Day, I found myself, right? I found myself at some point during Father's Day. I'm not going to do it this way. I'm doing it this year. I'm going to do it. I don't know how we got on that. But are you guys getting something tonight? You're going to stay on fire. You have to deal with your issues, people. We have issues. Don't just call yourself a Christian, go to church, and just think everything's okay and go home. Okay. Brings me to number five. Have nothing to do with the works of darkness, but rather expose them. There must be a transparency in your life. Oh, I was saying with Dr. Morocco, I would tell Dr. Morocco, he said this to me. He said, Daniel, keep your brokenness and your transparency before God all of your life. And if you do that, God is going to use you greatly. So I held on to that. Be transparent. If you've got stuff in your life, tell! And you know, sin, I should say, the enemy's power is parasitical. He's a parasite. He's like lice. Come on, I've said it before, and I don't think I've said it for a little while. The devil's like like ukus, as we say in Hawaii. He's like lice. Now, he, he has to have a host. If you don't have any hair, no lice. Right? The point is, Jesus said, Satan's coming, but he has no hold on me. He said that he has no hold on me. You need to have nothing to do with the works of darkness, but rather expose them. And, and when you have something in your life that's a bondage, tell somebody appropriately. I've heard everything there is to hear. I think. Oh no, I've heard stuff that you just wouldn't even, you couldn't think it. You literally could not think up the confessions and stuff that I've heard. And I'm thankful for that because when people share those things, the power of the devil is broken off of them. If they'll walk in freedom, they'll put on the new man and put off the old man. If they'll walk in freedom, they get free from that thing. And you've got to get the roots out. Listen, some of you had drug problems, alcohol problems. Some of you were addicted to sex. Some of you were addicted to stuff. And the, you've got to get to the root of why you did that. Because if you don't, I'm telling you, you will go back like a dog to the vomit. You have got to pull that stuff up. You've got to tell. You've got to be transparent. You've got to expose what's going on in that head of yours. I don't want to. Nobody will understand me. Every pastor that ever backslid said the same thing. They all say the same thing. I've had nobody I could talk to. Shut up. It's because you didn't talk to anybody. And one of the dangers in leadership is that God, when God elevates you and He begins to give this anointing to you and this fire to you, and, and then you bump into something that might cause you to defile or you start slipping up and messing up somewhere, if you don't tell, it'll destroy you and all the people you minister to. So when that happens, you want to stay on fire? Tell. Tell. Expose stuff. Some of you can't talk to your wife. Or you can't talk to your husband. Because when you do, they freak out. And I'm going to tell you, spouses, if you freak out when your spouse tells you something, you just need to chill out. Because if they can't talk to you, they oftentimes won't talk. And then what happens is that parasitical power becomes a cancer and begins to, it begins to eat away at that person. And before you know it, they're in full-on bondage and darkness, and then it blows up, and then you don't have anything to recover because it's all over the place. I'm trying to help you. You want to stay on fire? These are some ways to stay on fire. Be wise. Everybody say, be wise. All right. We're talking about how to stay in the anointing, how to stay on fire. It's fire. You know, stupid will get you unanointed in a hurry. I know people that have done things that are just amazing. I mean, they can't even imagine. You know, they get a phone call and they're... Their spouse is on a trip, and this is a person from church, a single mom, maybe something like that. I really need some help, and it's in the middle of the night. And so the dude's like, well, I'll help you, and he comes over to be the rescuer. 
and all of a sudden, you know, they find themselves embraced in the living room. I mean, what are you even going over there for? Call a sister in the church. Go with somebody else. There, there's wisdom. I've said it before. I don't ride with women in my truck, except my women. A woman. I said my women because I've, I've got a daughter. I don't, I don't, I, I will not ride by myself. Don't even ask for the ride. I have to tell you no. Why? Because I'm not going to put myself in a position. You might be the, you might be Mother Teresa in the flesh. Okay? That's not the issue. And I don't have stuff on the inside of me. The point is, it's the appearance of evil. I'm not going to ride in my truck with somebody except for maybe my mother and my wife and my daughter by myself because it, it's the appearance of evil. Oh, there's Pastor. Who's the girl? Oh, that's the next thing. I wonder who that was. Oh, he, he's a righteous pastor. He's living on fire. I hope. And you know, you can have people in your, in your life that then they do transference. Some of you need to understand this when you're working with kids. Kids, if they've been... If they've been survey here. If they've been touched... They, they, there's part of them that has to tell. They want to get it out. They're desperate to get it out. And it's eating away at them. So they'll ride with somebody and, and there'll be a transference where they'll then say they have to talk about it. So they talk about it. They were riding with you and they accuse you. You had nothing to do with it. You didn't do it. But because they had to let it out, there was a transference and they begin to associate you with being the one who actually did it. I am so trying to help you. Some of you are oblivious to some of the actions you take. You want to stay on fire, you have to be wise. And I will say what I've said to my staff and what I say to our leaders, an accusation is the same thing as it actually happening. When somebody accuses you, brutal. Oh, I've got to hurry. Be wise. Proverbs says don't cosign talked about it before. Don't, don't take loans from people in the church. I've said it so many times before, but apparently it hasn't been clear, so I'm going to make it extremely clear now. Do not take loans from people in church. Period. It's not Bible. It's not biblical. It's not right. I've seen people go to hell over it. Now, there are some instances where that can, where it can be allowed. I think it's okay in certain instances, but mostly it isn't. So if somebody's hurting for money and they need money and you're able to bless them, then you do it. If you're not able to, don't. If you're able to just give them money, give it to them. If not, don't. It is not a biblical thing to do that. Hello? I've seen people, I've seen people never come back to church over 50 bucks. 50. They, they borrow money. They borrow 50 bucks. I'm going to pay you as soon as my check comes in. Check comes in. They, they didn't plan right. Now Sunday comes. They don't have the 50 bucks. They're thinking, oh. And they come anyway and they make an excuse. Well, see, you know, I was going to have it, but, you know, man, my car broke down and this and that happened. And, and so, okay, well, no problem. Next pay to two weeks come. And, they, and the same thing happens and it's another issue and they don't come again. The next Sunday they come and they figure, well, I can maybe make one more excuse. Dude, I'm so sorry. I'll have the 50 bucks next time. But they blow it again. Now they're three weeks blowing it. And that next Saturday they're thinking to themselves, I just can't face that person again. And for 50 bucks, they don't come back to church, and many of them slide away and never serve God again. Over $50. If I've seen it once, I've seen it a hundred times. So I'm just telling you, don't do it. All right? Okay. Make the most of every opportunity to do the will of God. I've got to hurry. Saul messed up because he didn't do the will of God. Do the will of God. It's pretty simple. Want the blessing? Do His will. Don't want the blessing? Want the curse? Just don't do His will. Blessing or curse? Blessing or curse? Uh, uh, it is that simple. Live right, get blessed. Live wrong, get cursed. Period. You choose. Which one do you want? How many of you want to be blessed? Do the will of God. As far as it depends on you, do the will of God. When you blow it, repent. All right. Let the Spirit control you. Everybody say, let the Spirit control you. 
See that verse 17 and 18. Why would Paul talk about being drunk? Because drunkenness is being under the control of alcohol. You're not supposed to be under the control of anything but the Holy Spirit. Look what he says. Speak to one another. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. He's talking about worship. When you move in worship as a people, you come under an anointing. Worship with one another. Michael, would you come? There's something about the Spirit of God that comes when a congregation lifts their voice in one accord. I'm not sure we've actually had that happen, but maybe a few moments. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about... No, we had great... Worship was great. Presence of God, wonderful. What I'm talking about, one accord, is when everybody gets so totally lost in His presence, lifting their voice, not caring about what anybody thinks, and they, they, they worship with all of their heart. When that happens, you'll know it. Because the glory of God will roll in here like we have never seen before. I don't know that it's happened, but maybe a glimpse a couple times. Listen, forget about your iron. It has an auto off. Forget about what you're going to cook. Hopefully you've got an auto off iron. Put that stuff, push that stuff out. Go after God. Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord. It's not just words on a screen. And I commend you. You guys are worshipers, man. It's awesome. Always give thanks. Everybody say, always give thanks. These are some very simple things. How to stay on fire. Very practical message today. Submit one to another. Oh, no. Oh, no. You would have to put that in there. I didn't have anything to do with it. It's verse 21. It talks about husbands and wives and children and employers. We need each other. There's, there's no one-man army. There needs to be an openness and a willingness to work with one another. See, I don't like going to church, a bunch of hypocrites. Well, where else do you think a hypocrite should go for the love of God? Think he should go to hell? No! He should go to church so we can get delivered. Hello? Come on, he brought you here. Well, I just don't like that lady. Well, they're God's divine appointment for you to become more like Christ. Fellowship. I know people that don't have any friends and they're always blaming the people that, yeah, they just can't get along with me. What? Yeah, everybody else has a problem. I I got news. It's you. If you don't have any friends and you constantly have a cycle of broken friendships, it's you. Oh, yeah. Oh, the devil's just so after you and your friends. You're righteous and holy. And the devil just... Just comes to just devour just you. I'm telling you something. The devil ain't after you. He's after like... He's after Obama or something. We've got some demoted demon that might be messing with us. The devil's not messing... Come on! Come on! He's after... He's after some world leader somewhere, maybe. Quit thinking so highly of yourself. You have a you have maybe a demoted demon like fourth rank that's irritating you. We bind him now in Jesus' name. Hit the road, Jack. Talk to the hand. Hey ho, devil, you gotta go. Stand up on your feet. I've gone just a little bit long, but I hope you got something. It felt very strong about preaching the message. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jesus. So come on, let's do it. Let's, let's not only get on fire, let's stay on fire. And there's very practical things you can do. Now, I didn't give you, I think, give you things right out of Ephesians. I didn't talk about resourcing yourself. I hang out with people that are on fire. If they're not on fire, they're not real close to my life. Period. I minister to everybody, but I'm talking about my inner circle. Got a bunch of bad, praying, Holy Ghost, fasting, giving, on fire believers all around me. I 
read stuff. I read about revival. I cultivate it. I live a life of worship. In my house right now is worship playing. My dog's worshiping in her little kennel. Oh, yeah, I've got a worshiping dog. She's got to be saved if an animal could be. I mean, I don't know. Somebody said dogs go to heaven. I know horses do because Jesus is going to ride out almost a stallion. Yeah. Big white horse. <laughs> One day he's going to throw his long Galilean leg and ride on out of heaven and come and get us. <laughs> come on, somebody say hallelujah tonight. Come on, say hallelujah. Come on, say I'm going to live on fire. Come on, say I'm going to live on fire. Say it. I'm going to live on fire. Say this. I'm going to stay on fire. Say it again. I'm going to stay on fire. In Jesus' name, put your hands together for God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We, we do this in every single service because I want to be sure that if you're not right with God, we want to give you an opportunity to get right with Him. And if you're not right with God, you've never received Him as Lord and Savior, never repented of your sin, <laughs> you need to. You need to let go of the past. Come on, time to put the old man down. Time to get a new life. If that's you, you want to receive him for the first time. Or number two, you want to make a recommitment to him. All across this place, those online, those listening by podcast, if that's you, just raise your hand. All across this place, that's you. You want to get right with God. All right. All right, we're having a believer's meeting. That's okay. But you'll invite people next week. Amen? Come on, let's reach the lost at any cost. Let's just pray and affirm our faith. Perhaps there's somebody online or somebody that didn't raise their hand. Just pray with me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Wash and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for God to fill you afresh. Come on, just let God fill you because we leak. Remember, that was the first point. Fill us up, God. Fill us with your spirit, Lord. Fill us with your spirit, God. Be filled. Bondages be broken. I speak to those who are struggling with hidden sin. I charge you to come out and expose that. You do not know. You don't know the heart is deceitfully wicked above all else. And if you continue to hide out and allow that sin, that bondage, the enemy will use that and you don't know whether you will, your heart will turn and you might not ever seek the Lord again. You're not promised that. The heart can turn. We don't know it. If you have bondage, I'm just as bold as brass. If you've got bondage in your life and you want it broken off of you tonight, just come to the front right now. We're going to pray for you. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. I'm trying to get that thing out of your heart so that you can live a life that's pure and holy. So that you can mature and become all that God's called you to be. Anybody else? Right on. Lift your hands. Let the Lord just begin to touch you. Anybody else? You want prayer? Struggling with some stuff? Could be anger. Well, just because somebody comes up doesn't mean that you don't think, oh, well, they got this big... Who knows what it is? This, is? this is what holiness is. This is what righteousness is. It runs into the light and says, ah, help me, God. Help me, God. Come on. You need to come. You need to be free of some stuff. You want to break it off of you? Just come. Come right now. Come right now. Come right now. Come right now. Thought patterns. Some of you have the overvoice of the enemy. It tells you what a loser you are, how ugly you are. You'll never accomplish anything, constantly chattering and speaking to you. No, it's hard to be on fire when you've got a, the Satan as a preacher in your ear all the time. Come on, we're going to break that thing in Jesus' name. Then you've got to walk it out. Some of you need to find somebody to talk to. Confess your sins one to another. The book of James says, pray for one another that you may be healed. 
It's really faults. Confess your faults. That which you're struggling with, your sins. Confess it one to another. Pray for one another. That thing will go. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, break these things. Just repent. Repent before the Lord tonight for where you've fallen short. In the name of Jesus. On some of my leaders and prayer people, just come and lay hands on them, all right? Just lay hands on them. Break the power of the enemy right now. Jesus. Come on, Noel. Jump on in there. Carol. Speak directly to that thing. Bondage be broken in Jesus' name. Bondage be broken in the name of Jesus. Right now. Every moment I'm away, have your way. Have your way in me. Jesus, we speak freedom right now. Break the hold of the enemy tonight. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. They're going to continue to pray for these. Would you take someone by the hand? I know I've gone a little long tonight. Feel free to stick around. If you want prayer tonight, you can certainly come to the front after. I just want to close so people can go. They've got work and different things happening. If you want prayer, we'd love to pray for you. If you need healing, you need God just to minister to you, you need some counsel, you need some wisdom, we'd love to give you counsel from the Word of God. You can just come after we formally close and we'll pray for you and minister to you. Father, thank you so much for what you've done tonight. Lord, we will stay on fire. We will live right. We will be careful how we live. We will put off the old man. We'll put on the new. We'll, we will be a worshiping people. We're going to let the Spirit control us. We're going to be wise. We're going to have nothing to do with darkness, but we're going to expose them. God, thank you that we're going to live a life imitating you. Lord, we're going to live a life of love. Thank you, God. We're committing ourselves to be mature. Help us to grow up. Lord, we will not grieve you. Oh! Holy Spirit, come. Bring a fresh anointing upon us, God, to serve you in purity and to be worshipers of you in spirit and in truth. Bless your people as they go and as they stay. In the name of Jesus, amen. We're going to continue to worship. We're going to continue to worship. God bless you. If you need prayer, you want prayer, just come to the front. You want to have some altar time? Go right ahead. We love you. God bless you.